Oh man. Yeah. We, uh, we just took some, uh, some new promos for the band and I called my managers beforehand. I was like, can I keep the mustache? Is this okay? And they were like, yeah, keep the mustache. That's cool. And I was like, okay, keep keeping the mustache. Yeah, it is. It is indeed management improved. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 188 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards! Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And oh, no, on I know that. this podcast, we hear from a band who are learning to survive and truly carrying the weight of hope after planting a metalcore seed since 2005. This week's guest is Joshua Moore of the crushing We Came As Romance. Yes, Josh is not only the founding member, but lyricist, guitarist, and primary songwriter for Michigan Metalcore Monsters, We Came As Romans. Ever since the band invaded that heavy metal scene in the early 2000s, they've been a staple for the post-hardcore world, touring the globe, and connecting with audiences all over. This is quite a unique episode because Josh doesn't really do too many in-depth conversations these days like this. He's quite shy at heart, but this shows a quite a unique side to him and the band's story. And we really talk about all the highs and lows it is in that kind of touring life from pranks and tour bus wars to love for Limp Biscuit and Taking Back Sunday, his own wedding financial struggles that can happen while being in a band and we get very emotional talking secrets behind new music and releasing their first new material since the tragic passing of the vocalist Kyle Pavone, what conversations were had about carrying on especially with Dave and setting up the Kyle Pavone Foundation which is a non-profit organization helping anyone with struggles of mental health addiction or if you've been affected by any sort of subjects in that world. So it's quite emotional. This conversation is all over the place in that sense, but an important one for us to have. It's super silly, extremely deep, and one we're honored to have been able to have. And I know Romans are a band that you have a lot of respect for, Sean. Yes, big fan. Big fan of uh, We Came As Romans throughout the ages. It was just fantastic to get to sit down and have a chat with Josh. 
I didn't really know what to expect, but yeah, we had a great time. He was very open with us. He was very funny. He was very honest. Yeah, he just spoke beautifully about, uh, like you mentioned, mental health and, and so what. So yeah, thank you again to Joshua for coming on. Thank you very much to We Came As Romans for the music. And um, yeah, this was this was really, really, really fun to do. Yeah, I think as you'll hear in this really chat, we've made a new friend from doing this podcast. So that's always nice when we connect with people like that. I'd like to think so. Yeah, I'd like to think we've made a new friend. Um, I did follow him in Scrum straight after, but he didn't follow me back. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm not disappointed. It's fine. You know, he's busy. I know he's busy growing a management approved mustache. Yeah, so we'll get into that. In just a minute, but before we go into the conversation, Sean, a couple of things I want to bring up. And first, oh, go on, go on. Le- this is a bit of a left field question for you, but deadly serious now, right? Yeah. Are you any good at yoga? Yes. Why? What are you trying to say? <laughs> what, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to get me to do? Go on. Well, funny enough, at Two Thousand Trees Festival next week. We will be doing three live podcasts on the word stage, opening up the festival every morning. But as a special activity before that, they've actually got 2000 Trees Yoga. So we can do that before we go on stage. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> Aye. Probably. Aye. Of course he fucking can. Right. Oh, so, right. Right. Oh, so we're not staying directly at the festival. We're hoteling it in and out, right? So we got to get in before 9am, man. we got to get in before 9am, Yep. do yoga, mm-hmm. then do our live podcast at 10am. And then on the Friday, after we finish the podcast, I got to run to the cave stage to go and do my fucking gig. And then maybe there was talks. I have been emailed back and forth with 2003 about me DJing as well late at night. So that's super class so that I'll be going to bed at like 4am to wake up at 7 to get to, uh, <laughs> to, get to the festival. Hey, if you see me at 2,000 trees and I look dead, leave me be. <laughs> but just imagine all the workout, all the, all the steps you're going to get in. It'd be great. But no, this week is the return of 2,000 trees of festival. Thursday, July 7th to July 9th. We'll be opening up every morning and doing live podcasts on the word stage. And it's going to be a very fun event. The lineup is incredible including bands like Jimmy World, Turnstile, Thrice, Yumi at Six, Idols, Young Guns, Laura James Grace, Fakovi, Anti-Flag, and a whole lot more. Well, I'd like to add, and recently added, fantastic Cardiff-based band, Holding Absence. Added last minute due to our friends, no devotion, uh, not able to make it over due to a number of things, apparently. I think it's family illness. Yeah, they've got a complete stuff for their record, which is coming out soon. So, um, gutted not to be seeing no devotion. Sending all my love to them and their families. I hope everybody gets better soon. But fucking hell, old in absence will be unbelievable. Eh? And I also know Lucas is a big fan of Thrice. So he's going to love being there as well. So, yes, I cannot wait. It's going to be a fantastic week end. It is. And I've been told on good authority that at the time of recording... Uh, they're very close to selling out. There are some tickets still available, but you might want to get on it as soon as possible. This is your last chance to join us at Upcot Farm in Cheltenham this year. And if you want to get 10% off those tickets, head over to 2000 uk forward slash tickets 
and use the promo code SAPNIN for 10% off. That's 10% off all your tickets with the promo code SAPNIN. We're going to be there. We're going to be doing live podcasts. We're going to be recording podcasts. Sean's going to be playing. We're going to be having a great time watching some bands. It's literally one of the highlights of every summer. And you should come in the field and join us. Yes, that's the promo code SAPNIN, S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N, S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N. And also, while I'm spelling things out, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at SAPNINPOD, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, at SAPNINPOD, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Let's get on with this, is it? Yes, this is the wonderful Joshua Moore of We Came As Romans on episode 188 of Sapnin Podcast. Absolutely lovely chap. Fantastic band. Wicked. Sapnin! Sapnin! Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sapnin! 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 Whee! I tried. I tried. <laughs> yes, this week's guest is We Came As Romans legend Joshua Moore. He is joining us today with his management-approved moustache. <laughs> How are you, Josh? <laughs> I am... Uh, I'm doing well, indeed, rocking my management-approved mustache, you know. And even if it was not approved, I I, I think I'd still do it. I, th- I think yeah. I'd still have it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, nah, you guys are wrong. I know I trust you for every other decision, but this one, nah, not that one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you nice. were mentioning just before we started that, um, yeah, you've l- recently taken some promo pictures and stuff, and then you had to uh, check if the uh, the mustache was uh, was good. And um, it, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, so I, it's very I, impressive. I tell everybody to, after this, if you go find a recent picture of Joshua, <laughs> go and have a look at it because that is a fucking mighty. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I am because um, 
I'm really old and I can't grow one as, as thick as that. Look, this is the best I could do. <laughs> well, this is this is the only thing I can grow. It started as a joke because when I try to grow a beard, I look like a damn idiot. It's terrible. It's like patchy everywhere. I look like I'm maybe 15, you know, doing my first beard. But instead, I'm 32 and it's awful. So, you know, I just yeah. went with the stash. Interesting, because it's it's the other way around for me. If I do not have a beard, I look very, very strange. So that's why I'm, I'm always kind of have a little bit going on at least. See, I want that problem. Give me that problem. I would like I would like a beard one time in my life. Just <laughs> you have, you've got to mint- maintain it then, and then it gets too long. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I I, I know I'm speak. I'm not really speaking to the choir here. You're both. You both look at me very <laughs> yeah, angry. We're both, yeah, we're both furious going, yeah, I fucking love a beard. My problem is my beard just grows out of these two little bits just the side of my moustache. So I look like a koi carp or some sort of Japanese wizard or something. It's uh, it's not a good look. But oh. anyway, let's good talk start. about why we're here, for <laughs> God's start. sake. Beard, it's beard, only facially. It's the facially yeah. special. <laughs> no, but Josh, I mean, how are things at the moment? It seems a very busy time in the week came as Romans camp, but, but just like how is things uh, with you day to day? What's going on? Yeah, so we're actually starting to kind of like ramp up, ramp back up again. You know, COVID fucking sucked for everyone all the time. Like I, uh, man, let's see. Dave and I started this band fucking like, I don't know, 17, 18 years ago. And the last like three years was the least I've, I've ever toured in my life since I started touring when I was 16. And so that was real weird. And I fucking hated it. That was terrible. And so last fall, we were able to do our rescheduled uh, to plant a seed 10 year anniversary tour on the 12th anniversary of to plant a seed. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's real cool. Um, but we were able to get back out there and we were, I think we were one of the only tours that had like zero cancellations due to COVID or a band getting COVID or something. We got super lucky and it was an awesome tour. We were touring with uh, Dev Wars Prada and they're just legends, fucking legends. So that was great. And then, you know, we haven't done anything for six months. We got home from that tour. Uh, I got married a week later. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Came home, had Thanksgiving, you know, had a few weeks at Christmas, into the new year. Um, and now we're like finally starting to ramp back up. We played this weekend at a, uh, a festival in Florida, got through uh, five songs in Sideways Rain before Lightning shut down the whole festival. Oh, so that, uh, Is was that, Ro- was that Rockville? Yeah, that was Rockville. So that was Rockville day two. And I'm pretty sure every day at some point got canceled due to lightning. Like it was, it was wild, but I mean, that's kind of just what to expect at this time of the year in, in Florida. So, but it was, it was awesome to get back on stage after six months. Uh, we're flying to Texas this weekend, playing a festival called So What? And then in July, we go to Sweden. We play a festival, which is going to be insane. I have not been to Sweden in years, and I love it there. And then after that, we get back to the States. We're headed out on tour with August Burns Red. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. Very busy time. But before we get into things, you mentioned the wedding. I've seen a lot of photos on your social media from it, obviously magical day anyway but i mean how how was it for you it seems that it was very special with everything yeah it was awesome um when my wife and i were like planning it we didn't know what 
was going to happen. Like, you know, it was in the like middle of COVID. We're like, can we even have a wedding? Like, can we have 20 people? Can we have 50 people? We like, there's all these different rules and stuff going on. And so we were just like, let's just plan it how we'd like to have it and hope we can. And so we did, we ended up having like a bit smaller wedding, which was great because I don't want a big wedding because they're fucking expensive. And I recommend that (laughs) no one (laughs) have (laughs) giant weddings unless you have giant wallets because (laughs) holy shit, why is that a thing? Why is it so expensive to get married? This is crazy. Wild times, but it it was awesome. And uh, I, I loved it. And we actually had um, our tour uh, photographer and videographer, his name's Paxton and he's awesome. He's, a younger kid and he's really fun because we just give him shit all the time and like tease him. Mm. It's great. Uh, lovingly, you lovingly, you know, <laughs> tease him. But, uh, we had him do a uh, video for the wedding. And that was like one thing that I heard from a lot of people is just like, make sure you get a videographer. Cause you're going to want that later on. And the video that he made was awesome. And I love it and try to put it on social media and it got copyright flagged. So no one's ever going to see it, but oh, I don't what? care. What? <laughs> Cause I have well, what was copyrighted? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, the music in it. Uh, uh, so, like, <laughs> I think there's, like, four different, like, clips of songs in it, and, like, three of them got flagged. And I was like, cool, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> you are they your songs? Are they your no. songs? Or are they just... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, got married, I got married to my own shitty metalcore. No, right. but you never know. No, I thought, I thought, wait a minute now, Josh. You've got, I like how you've gone right in. You're exactly the perfect guest for this because you're already <laughs> giving me shit to pack. No, no, my thinking was, my thinking was, he edited the video and was like, oh, I know. I'll just chuck snippets of some of you were, you know, we came as Roman songs over the top. And then maybe it got copyrighted by, you know, copyright infringement from the label and stuff. So, yeah, I was just wondering if you would have had to have gone back to the label going, is there any chance I could use my own songs for my own wedding video, please? Because- <laughs> no, that was actually, I had I had two rules at my wedding, and one is that no one was allowed to request my own band's songs to play <laughs> because yes. my friends would love to do that to me. And my band has this tradition. So Louis R., the guitar player, and Dave, our vocalist, they're both married. And at both of their weddings, um, they played break stuff, and like moshed and crowd surfed and uh, broke stuff. And so that was my other request <laughs> is that we don't do that at my wedding. And uh, so my band did that at my wedding still made a, a mosh pit of just me. I just got the, the shit beat out of me in a suit. And then they like crowd surfed me around. And it was actually hilarious. Like I, I have a video of it somewhere. It was really funny, uh, kind of painful, but I was pretty drunk. So, you know. It's a wedding. What else? What else do you do at your own wedding besides get drunk and get beat up? You know, why I can not? um, I can just imagine you having the best day, enjoying yourself, sat there, <laughs> and then just hear dun, dun, and go, "Oh no, oh, 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 oh. that is almost exactly what happened." <laughs> I'm like on the dance floor with my wife, having a great time, drinking, hanging out, and you know the music dies down, and I hear just the first two notes. And I just audibly said out loud, are you fucking kidding me? And then they all knew what was happening. Like my band went around and told everyone that they were about to do this. And so like everyone just crowded around me and I'm like, okay, all right, here it goes. You know, okay. What no one tells you is that a wedding isn't really for you. 
it's a it's a you themed party that you throw for all your friends. Yeah, and <laughs> yes, so you know you got to make sure that they have a good time. Are you um are you pro Limbiscuit or were you or was it just you were you didn't fancy this at the wedding? I I just didn't want to break any. This is my cat. I didn't want to actually break any stuff at my wedding because that cost me money, and that's what happens when we play Limbiscuit and my band is drunk. And it's it's just like a it's like innate inside of you, especially for my boys when they hear that stuff. But when I was younger. I actually was prohibited from listening to Lip Biscuit. I was <gasps> not allowed. Wow. And so my like first experience is truly listening to Lip Biscuit. Uh, you know, I'm way I'm way past like the sweet spot when when everyone got into it. And I was just like this is like fine, but I'm like 22 now, so I don't, you know, I don't like it's not bad. I don't dislike it. But I, I missed the part where I like made that like emotional connection to it, you right. know, that you have yeah. like that nostalgic feeling. So I, I unfortunately missed that with uh, a ton of bands that I was not allowed to listen to growing up. What was prohibiting you from listening? Was it parents? Uh, yes. And, you know, I, it's, I, I love, I love my mom. I don't think she's going to listen to this, but there was, there she's was not. like, I couldn't listen to like, Slipknot. Oh. I didn't. I couldn't listen to Corn. Couldn't listen to Limp Bizkit. I had a fucking Our Lady Peace CD when I was in like fourth grade that had a parental advisory sticker on it because it said the fuck word one time in a song I didn't listen to. A little backstory: My parents divorced when I was younger, so every other weekend I'd spend with my dad, and then once a week and stuff, you know, visitation, everything. Parents were great. It was fine, but. My dad bought me this CD because he had one and I wanted one to listen to when I was at my mom's house. And I took it home, has a sticker on it. I mean, you know, mom reads the lyrics. It says fuck in one, one song that I, I don't even know. I'm listening to like clumsy and Superman's dead. And that's it. Um, for anyone that knows Our Lady Peace discography. And she's like, no, you got to take this back to your dad's and listen to it there. I'm like, I, I have it at my dad's. I got this to listen to here. <laughs> so then I just had two copies of Our Lady Peace at my dad's because why not? Wow. That's great. It's all going on. It's all going on. <laughs> well, I, no, I just realized that if um, Limp Bizkit playing break stuff means we came as Romans, stop breaking stuff, you're quite lucky. Are you wedding? They didn't play Nookie. <laughs> oh, God. <'Cause laughs> I, think, I, I think my, my older family members would have uh, perhaps... Mm fainted uh yes died. yeah the last thing you yeah. want yeah the last thing you want breaking out at a wedding is an orgy especially yeah, to Limp Bizkit yeah. as well Not so. and Papa are gonna be like what the heck is this <laughs> yeah you might what get the heck some weird... is going on get some weird stick reactions it up his from what? Stick it yeah. up his what <laughs> what what did he do it for what does my, my grandma she she still calls me joshy i'm almost 33 uh. she still calls me joshy and in my head i just have this image of her coming up saying joshy what what does nookie mean? And I'm like, Nana, <laughs> no. back to the hotel. Yeah, I, gotta, I can't Nana, do this. That's Just enough. keep on rolling. Just <laughs> yeah. keep on rolling, Nana. Uh, oh, wow. Wow. But, but speaking of this kind of funny moments as well, you mentioned um, that tour last year with The Devil Wears Prada. And I wanted to touch on one thing because um, – We've been told quite a few times that we came as Romans love a little prank every now and again. And a viral video did come of that oh, when yeah. you stormed the stage playing uh, a song of theirs you really wanted them to play that they weren't. So I just wanted to get the reaction 
backstage from that? Was that something you planned along? And what other pranks have you pulled over the years that you're quite proud of? Oh, so we we plan that like a day be had. I, I would like we so the tour ended in our hometown in Detroit and we played two sold out shows. So after the first one, we we're like, oh God, we should we should prank Prada tomorrow. The song was called Dogs Can Grow Beards All Over. And it was like her like first like hit that was huge when 16 years ago. I think I was like 17. And that was back when they had just like struck their like uh like Joey Sturgis Rise Record stride like straight to the top. My band's fucking booking our own tours on MySpace, like for all you know, intense purposes, we're like a local band. Like we're all tiny, like you know, there's like us, I see stars, attack, attack. Um, we're all from this, you know, Michigan, Ohio area. And uh Miss May I was there, uh our drummer David's old band, Crimson Armada, like there are a bunch of like tiny this area bands and we all just fucking loved Prada because they were like the band. They were the band that made it. They, you know, and that was like their big song. And so we give them shit all the time because now that we've known them for 15 years, we're like, oh, God, you got you got to play dogs and grow beards all over. And, you know, that to them is like us playing to plant a seed. I'm like, can I not play this fucking song anymore? <laughs> I, I played this song 2000 times. This is not fun. The, because I like I listened to my own song that I, I wrote that long ago, uh, like a lot of stuff on To Plant a Seed I wrote when I was like 18. And I'm just like, holy shit, why did I think I was good at this? Like what compelled me to go on? Because this song is ass. This is uh, what is the structure? What did tempo changes? Wild, just wild stuff. And I, I think a lot of uh, writers and bands have that where they look back on something very rarely. Are you going to look back on something that you wrote over a decade ago and be like, Oh, that's top notch shit. I, man, I, I really went down from here. So of course they, they didn't want to play it. They, and so we learned that song the day of like separately, like I put in AirPods and pulled up on their Spotify and I was like, ah, that, I think this is it. I don't fucking know. And we just, uh, we had our sound guy in front of the house was doing sound for them as well. So we still had our board and everything hooked up. And so we just ran on stage and fucking played the song. And the worst <laughs> part is, is we didn't realize it, but in, it was one of their newer songs. They have like this extended 40 second break at the end before the final breakdown. We ran out uh, during that break. Our Dave thought the song was over. So he like ran on the stage and they're in the middle of a fucking song. I'm like, holy shit, we are fucking terrible. We are bad people. <laughs> this is not what you do to your friends. Uh, <laughs> so we interrupted them in the middle of a song to go play a shitty cover. Like we're not good. Um, and we just learned the song to go play a shitty cover of a song that they probably dislike and don't ever want to play. But it was very fun. They laughed a lot. We brought a bunch of bottles on stage and took shots and, you know, just did, did the thing that, that you do on tour. You just drink, have fun with your friends. And okay, I'll say drink if you want to drink, have fun with your friends and, and fuck around. Like, you know, especially yeah. our first tour back in years, it's like, we we just want to have fun at this point. It's been too long since we've done it to take it seriously. Well, if I was in, um, if I was in Prada, what I would have done is, as you'd run on, I would have gone, what the fuck? 
right, wait till they finish, and then we finish the song that we were about to finish anyway. <laughs> they did. They, they literally did. Yes! Hey. They, still on, played the, they still played the end breakdown on the song that they were on. They're like, uh, I guess I guess we'll just finish it. And I, it was, uh, the wor- well, the best and worst part is they just did a tour with Beartooth, and uh, one of them put an Instagram story online of them playing dogs and grow beards all over. I, I messaged Jeremy, their guitar player. I was like, you motherfucker. We asked you to play this song every day and you didn't do it. So we had to do it and to get on a different tour and <laughs> you fucking played on that one. And uh, we, we had a good, a good laugh about that one. That's, that's absolutely insane. Is there any other pranks that come to mind from like other tours or pranks you've had to experience? Oh man. I remember on our, on our first full us tour ever, Check out this lineup. Headlining was the number 12 looks like you. Direct support was our last night. Two of four was icy stars and we were opening. And it was actually the tour that we signed our record contract to equal vision on. This is way early, way early on for us. And back then, like we're all in vans, we're playing hundred cap rooms. We're eating dirt pizza and whatever. Like we're 18, 19 years old and who cares? And we thought, Oh, what a better way to prank each other than just put shit on each other's vans. Oh, I only ate half this cheeseburger. I'll smear it on our last night's windshield. Stupid shit. And so that whole tour we literally had, we called them van wars, where we would just fuck with each other's vans. Here we are, a bunch of broke kids taking out a $15,000 loan to get a van and go on tour. We're like, hey, why don't we just fuck it up for each other? Like, wh- wh- why not? <laughs> so I'll, I'll never forget. I, we were in New Jersey in the middle of van wars and we had pulled up our van and Dave was driving and he like rolled down the window and he was uh, talking to someone in our last night. And one of the dudes in, in their band, um, <laughs> I think it was Colin. He runs up with a full trash can and dumps it through the driver window into our van. Uh, the worst part is, is the entire tour. Dave was like, guys, I don't want to do van wars. We got a new van. Like, I don't want to fuck this up. Let's not do it. I'm not participating. He participated zero amount in van wars, hated it. And he got an entire garbage can of trash <laughs> dumped on him in the driver's seat. Oh, uh, fantastic stuff. Really? I, it couldn't yeah. have gone better. Yeah. Lovely smell of bin juice. <laughs> Bin juice, the worst type of smell. I don't know if you did it, but you should have definitely have done a, a Vans Wars tour t-shirt <laughs> oh, instead of Vans Wars tour. Can you? Oh, can you retrospectively do it? That's the question. You could do like a, make it look like a classic t-shirt, Vans Wars tour, and then do the old lineup on it. Get them out there, sell. I only want ten percent. <laughs> but if I if I ever had to tour in a van again, I. I would die. My body would not <laughs> make it. I We toured in a van for about five years before we graduated to a larger vehicle. So like five years of like sleeping on concrete floors or like van benches or the very fun part uh, underneath a bench or in between the benches. Uh, there's a little divot where the two doors open on the side. We called that the gully. Sometimes you had to sleep in the gully. So like my body feels like shit. Yep. I can't do it. Don't put me back in the van. 
physically please, cannot I don't do want it. to go back to the <laughs> I have please. I have the the like back posture and spine of a fucking 60 year old. I like if you took an x-ray of my spine and like how I stand, you would say that is a fucking garbage person right there. He's filled <laughs> with garbage. That is how that is how I feel if I have to sleep on the floor or a van bench. No, not doing van yeah. wars. Not doing wow. van van wars tour. I can't do it. <laughs> Don't make me go back. Don't make me go back. I think a lot of people listening to this just don't appreciate how horrible it is touring a van. And yeah, like you said, I've slept in every single position in a van, in the driver's seat, across the passenger seats, across the back seats, the middle seats, down the side in the gully bit you were talking about. Our bassist once slept under the van because it was too warm in the van, under the van. People don't care that you do that to try and get bigger. And then when you get bigger, they're like, you fucking rock stars in a bus. And you're like, yeah, no, you don't realize how much that bus fucking saves me. And yeah, Reese doesn't have to go under the van again. Oh, yeah. My my favorite, uh, I will say, quotations, fan comment. It's just like, oh, these rock stars, their label went and bought them a bus. Like, do you have any fucking idea how this works? We're spending thousands of dollars to just try to live here. No, our label did not go and purchase us a bus. We are paying rent on this vehicle with our own money, and it gets three miles a gallon. So, <laughs> yes, just throwing that out there. No, our label did not go and purchase this bus for us. What, do you think we fucking drive it ourselves? Is Dave getting up there after an hour-long set behind the wheel? He's like, all right, guys, get in. I got to fucking rip this rig down the road. Yeah. What? Where? Where's the lot? Yeah. Where did it go? Yeah, people, people don't see all that. People don't see that side of it. Guys, Luckily, I passed my HGV license before we went on tour. <laughs> oh, I yeah. can drive the bus. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And what I found is in America, um, bus drivers tend to um, either love um, speed, Adderall, or uh, cocaine to keep them awake during long sleeps. I don't know if you've ever had that bus driver, but I had one. I've had a several <laughs> like that. We have, have in the past had a, a few drivers that enjoyed uh, substances. Yeah, for sure. But also in the States, it's different. Like when you get over to like anywhere in Europe, it's like, oh, my driver is going four hours. He's stopping for two hours, four more hours. Oh, we have a long drive tonight. We're flying in another driver. So this one can sleep while that one's driving four hours. In the States, it's like, oh, we got a 10 hour drive. And the driver's like, all right, I got three fucking Red Bulls and let's let's rip it. And he's just going. And ironically, the only time that we've ever been on a a tour with like uh, a bus hitting anything was in Europe on our first European tour. And we were on the Never Say Die tour with Parkway Drive headlining. Uh, Parkway Drive, comeback kid bleeding through a mirror wow. Wow, from a harlot's mouth. Oof. Your demise. Fucking us? That sounds about wow. right. And we opened. So it's like doors at six. We came as Romans at five forty-five. So like, so, you know, it's like some days kind of. I mean, we earned it. Like you got to eat shit sometimes. Yeah. It's our first time in Europe. Like we fly to Germany, we play our first show in Europe to thirty-four hundred people. Like okay, sure, yeah, definitely earned that shit. But bleeding through and comeback kids driver fell asleep on the highway on a like three-hour drive and drove the bus into the guardrails. And wow. I don't know if you have seen the vocalist of Bleeding Through, 
but um, yeah, he's a a fitness expert, and mm. that man is ripped. Yeah, and are they I all thought, straight edge? Are they all straight edge as well? Not when we toured with them. I don't believe all of them were, but I don't. I was uh, twenty years old, so I don't know. My memory's gone. It shouldn't happen at this age, but it is. It's gone. <laughs> uh, but. I, I legitimately thought someone was going to get murdered that day and that someone was their driver and the murderer would have been Brandon because he was irate. I, he was like, get that motherfucker out of here. I do. I want a new driver. And I'm like, no dog, I get it. Like that dude almost killed you guys. Like what? Yeah, I, I agree, but also don't kill him because you guys are sick and we need you on the tour. And you know, yeah. if you do that, you're going to jail. So, who else's bassist is going to do a roundhouse kick every night doing one of their songs? That's what we should have said to him. <laughs> I fucking love bleeding through. Yeah, we should try and get Brandon on. Yeah, I'd like to yeah. re- relive the anger of that story. <laughs> yeah, they were they were really nice to us. And my band was a bunch of shithead kids. Like, legit, our, our first time in Europe, we can't legally even drink in the States yet. We're playing at 6.30 to... 655 maybe and then like all we have to do is kind of like watch the merch table so it was like hey guys why don't we just get fucking hammered all the time because we can here and uh bleeding through is was super chill and nice about it and great and yeah looking back on that like if i was on that tour with my band at that time i would have like kicked the shit out of myself just don't be a little i get it your first time in europe you can drink legally like cool whatever just don't be a little little shit sometimes you know and and it's not even like we're doing like terrible horrible things but it'd be like oh my band's at the bar and we're supposed to load out our four pieces of gear and we didn't and like it's just disrespectful like there's people working really hard on the crew and we're a bunch of kids pissing off getting drunk somewhere like you know looking back on it i'm like well we should not have done that and that was a mistake. Isn't that like a learning curve? I think that's a learning curve that most bands go through. Is like your first tour, you're like, oh, this is fucking fun. And then you're like, every everybody at some point in a band has had a row of somebody else's stage manager in a way. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. It's like Never Say Die had, had two stage managers on it and another crew person. And we were sharing a bus, like a double-decker bus with a bunch of other bands. And like, that was also our first time on tour ever in our lives, not driving ourselves. That was our first time on tour ever, like sleeping in a bunk, having somewhere that we know we can comfortably sleep at night. And we're in Europe and we're 20 years old. Like it was like the absolute, and we're with Parkway Drive. These shows are fucking massive. You know, we're, we're back in the States, 80, a hundred people. And we're over in Europe playing to 3,000 people. And we don't have to drive ourselves. And we can legally drink. And it's, you know, I think we did okay. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. also, I, I, I cringe a little bit at, at younger me just not being just a tad more responsible. Like, just a little <laughs> bit. Like, turn the dial up from one to one and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but there are, these are all these are all learning curves in the in the world of touring for sure. But um, I wanted to get a, a back a little bit to earlier in the conversation. Obviously, we mentioned that like the last couple of years has been uh, quite difficult with COVID and stopping the starting and stuff. But 
really these last five years seem to be like a world with emotions for the band in so many ways um especially now with kind of new music and releasing some of the singles i know you've been working on a, on a new album uh as well but really the, these last five years how is it kind of being for you because i'm sure like obviously there's a lot of emotions involved um and then kind of stopping and starting but having that forced break and being able to do things like your wedding and everything do you feel like in some weird way you needed that uh kind of i would say the last five years has been mostly dog shit with some really high moments um obviously like losing kyle was the worst fucking thing that has happened to any of us ever and i don't you know that like it it just is there there's no way to describe that and that was fucking awful it was terrible and then we're like trying to figure out what we're doing like are we even going to be a band anymore and we are working through that we're figuring it out we figure it out we're we are going to be a band we're going to do a record we're you know all this stuff and it's like well we're not going to be a band because covid's going to happen so you're going to go home and you're going to try your best to sell some fucking t-shirts online and maybe do a live stream Man, I don't know how to say this without sounding like I'm fucking complaining. I'm really grateful for this job and I'd, I'd love being in my band. I've been in my band for 17 years. It's and in my lifetime, I've been in my band longer. I haven't. I joined, I started this band with Dave when I was 15 and I'm almost 33. But I think something that people kind of fail to realize is that this, this is a, our job. This is how we make money to lit just to live on and so it's like kyle died and we didn't do like anything as a band because we didn't know what we did a support tour because we didn't even know if we were going to be a band so it's like and and that's in my opinion like understandable like fuck like what the fuck is going on when you go through something like that and then it's like COVID happens and it's like okay here i am as I guess at that point, like 30 years old. And I'm like, here I am as a full grown adult. And I have no idea how I'm going to fucking pay my mortgage right now. Like we have zero fucking income. So let's try to sell some fucking t-shirts. Let's do a live stream to sell some tickets. Like it's just a tough mental position to be in because then for me personally, I start to doubt my, my worth and what I've done with my life. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. I made it to 30 and I'm going to go ask my dad for some money. Like what, you know, like honestly, like it never got that bad for me to the point where I'm like asking my dad for money. Like I, I was, I had saved some, but it's like, you know, when, when you're a, a, an adult and you're going years without like real income, like I'm, I'm like actually in terms of income yearly, like for like three years, like below the, the poverty line, like the actual poverty line, which is insane. And it mentally made me feel like garbage because I, I'm just not, and it's not even that I place this like super high value on money. It's that 
it's the fact that I'm, well, I'm not earning any money. So does that mean I'm not doing anything with my life? Does that mean I'm not moving my life forward? I'm not working. I'm not trying to achieve something. I'm not, it, it starts to, to branch off. So you have like this little central problem. And then all of a sudden you give yourself fucking 30 minutes alone to think about it. And it's branched fucking everywhere. And then you just feel like a piece of garbage, at least, at least for me. Like I went through. No, um, I can, I, I can completely agree with that. Um, when, when my band disbanded in 2015, I was so lost. Basically everybody else in the band either had kids or mortgages and wanted to go and get like proper jobs so they could make real money so they could, their families could survive. And I felt like everybody had left the band. Because I ca- I wanted to carry on doing it, I felt like everybody left because of me. Like I was the only one. You're doing it and you haven't got any money and stuff. And yeah, I, I completely get it. Like I completely get the same feeling. Like I felt like shit for years. Like it was it was horrible, horrible. But people don't see that for bands. They just think you're up there living the life. You're a fucking rock star. You get a tour of the world. They don't realize you get a tour of the world, but then come back home and you have you know, not much to, sh- I know this sounds woe is me on my part or whatever, or woe is us in bands, but they don't realize like the monetary value is so small with being in a band. And sometimes, you know, it, it only takes one, you could take one little thing. Uh, obviously something massive happened to you guys, but I mean, it could take one little thing for you, you guys to lose a couple of months income or something. So yeah, for you, it must've been even worse. It's like I'm 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 riding this wave of straight depression after losing Kyle. And then we get to COVID and then I'm riding this wave of just worthlessness, like feeling worthless, you know. And like one one thing I will touch on is um you know, I was I for 4 years I was seeing a therapist every week. Um you know, I tried out a few different antidepressants that Unfortunately, didn't really work for me, but I, I tried them. I went for it, you know, and it's like I, I was doing my best to mitigate that feeling. But sometimes it's fucking hard. And, they're, you know, you're playing a fucking card game against against someone and you have two cards in hand and they have a fucking deck in theirs. And it's like, what are, what are you going to do at that point? But just fucking weather it and, and try and make it make it through it. And. Uh, just going back to what you were saying for a second, I, I think something that a lot of people don't realize in bands, like when I talk about that first tour we did with Parkway Drive and whatever, we got home from that tour. I'm sure our old manager could quote me on this. I'm decently sure we lost $26,000 doing that tour. We were making a hundred euros a night hmm. in a bus. Like the bus was probably costing you two and a to 250 300 if you share in like that's going to be costing you at least that a night so you yep and we're, so it's like you know like yeah i did go to europe and i heavily paid for it and that sucked another one one thing that i i hope that i guess fans will will one day understand because i've seen a lot of harsh comments online i never say anything because it's it's fucking online and what am I going to do to this fucking random person? Like, am I going to say something? They're going to change their whole perception. No, it's that that's not going to happen, but I place a lot of value on money, not because it's money, not because I can get stuff with it, 
but what am I spending to earn that? I'm going on tour for three months to get this money. And it's not what can I get with this money? It's what did I lose to get this money? I missed, you know, throughout the years, birthdays, funerals, anniversaries, events, tons of shit. I remember one time before our first time in Asia, I flew down to Florida to say goodbye to my grandfather because they sent him home from the hospital and they were like, he's got like hours, maybe a day, two days, whatever. And so I flew down to Florida. I said goodbye. And I literally flew straight to Singapore after that. Like it was like back to bed. Like I landed in Michigan from Florida and flew out the same day to Singapore with my band. And I landed in Singapore connected to the airport Wi-Fi, don't have phone service and get the email from my mom that during my flight, my grandpa died. And it's like, um, there's a track on cold, like war called foreign fire that I wrote about that, uh, experience, but it's like, so yes, like I'm getting this money. I'm getting that rock star money, which I, for reference, I'm not getting anything close to rock star <laughs> money, but it's, yeah. uh, what am I, what am I spending to get this money? What am I giving up? You know, when we were younger, we're touring 320 days a year. We actually had to have a conversation as a band. Like, what are we actually willing to do? Like, why why are we doing this? We, we did four tours back to back once. It was like 92 days in a row. We did a U.S. tour and flew to Australia and flew from Australia to California to start another tour. Like, it, it, like looking back on that, I'm like, why the fuck are we doing this? Why are we just like destroying our mental health? Because the mindset is stay on the road to stay relevant. Like, what the fuck is going on? And you get to a point where it's like, what am I giving up to do this? Like, I'm, you know, I'm 32. This is still my dream. The same dream I had when I was 15. I absolutely love my band and I love being a musician and I love playing on stage. But now I need to actually leverage what, what I'm, what I'm doing. Is it worth what I'm giving up and what I'm gaining. Yes, I might go on this tour. I could have some fun. Maybe I make good money. What am I missing? What am I missing out on? I've, I've missed enough in my life. I've missed enough funerals, birthdays, get togethers, family events. I've had enough Thanksgivings on the road. What? I don't know. Yeah. That now I'm just rambling and no, sounding like no. I'm complaining about my cat's yelling in the background, <laughs> telling me to shut the fuck up. No, but seriously, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being so open about this kind of stuff, because I don't feel enough bands do. And definitely as a music fan, you don't hear this kind of stuff from magazines or you know other interviews and stuff like that. So I, I really appreciate you being so open about everything. But I did want to commend you on a few things. Obviously, you know, the last five years has been so tough. And not only, you know, you've made so many sacrifices, but I want to commend you for for both continuing pushing on with new music and really something I would love to talk to you about is the whole foundation you guys started uh, for Kyle after uh, his death. And I mean, if anyone who's not aware of it, could you just kind of uh, explain the whole kind of nonprofit and the foundation and all the work because it has helped a lot of people um, over this time? Yeah. So um, right before Kyle's funeral, his parents asked us to go to breakfast with them. So we met them at a diner for breakfast and they told us that they wanted to start this foundation under his name just to, to, I guess, put the most 
effort forth to prevent this from happening to another family, another band. I think that it is pretty overlooked, but getting a lot better, uh, the mental health of artists. And it's like starting to be more accepted for like me to come forward and say, I'm fucking depressed. I'm having a fucking hard time. You know, years ago, you know, stuff like that happens and it's, you know, well, you chose this life and, you know, figure it out and you'll be better and just be happy. And it's, it's definitely getting better. The conversation is, is being had and being talked about and continued to be pushed to, uh, the front and say that we need to have these conversations and we need to talk about this and we need to keep talking about it because when you let something that should be as prioritized as mental health get pushed to the background, I think that's when, in my opinion, that's when it's dangerous when it gets pushed to the background because then it just kind of keeps getting pushed further and further. And then it, starts to become a real issue, but you're not paying enough attention to it to realize that it's becoming an issue. And then it spirals. And then all of a sudden, when you realize it's a real thing that needed to be prioritized, you're already so deep into it. And so uh, his parents had talked to us about making this foundation as a way to, to prevent this in terms of like, making sure that, you know, musicians can always have that conversation if they need um, with, with, a, with a therapist or a counselor. Lately, they've been going to, to festivals and setting up tents to talk to anyone and then uh, talking about, man, this is, uh, it, it's not, I don't want to say it's wild to me, but it's like, it's, it's sad to me that, we have to talk about treating drug overdoses and how to, I guess, like help someone and who, who is overdosing, try to prevent it to get to that point. Sorry, this just popped into my head. And there are still people that are just like, oh, they're, you know, they're junkies. You can't stop them and whatever. And it's like, it, if someone is in that path where they, they are actively doing drugs and that's their choice, they, they're making that like you can, still be supportive of them as a, as a person still want to be there for them, still be knowledgeable enough to know how to help them. If it gets into a terrible situation, and that's a tough conversation to have for some people. And they have been, been having it. I don't, it's not like touchy for me. Like it doesn't make me uncomfortable to talk about. It kind of makes me upset that, when when there are people talking about it, like there's this negative wave of shit that comes in that's insane. I follow uh, Anthony Green on Twitter. I have forever because I fucking loved Sayosin back in the day and I followed him ever since. And, you know, he openly, frequently talks about drug use and being addicted and relapsing and staying clean. I personally... I fucking love that. And I love him for that, that he wants to keep that conversation going, wants people to be able to talk about it and feel safe to come to him on Twitter on a platform. And they, no one knows anyone. And he got a little fucking picture and he's like, yeah, talk to me about your struggles that I've also dealt with. And I want to talk about it. And so with, with Kyle's foundation, 
Um, like it's so what uh, at the festival we're playing this weekend, uh, they're going to have a tent there. And that's, it's just a place you're at a music festival. Holy shit. Maybe, maybe I do need someone to talk to about these things as well. And it's not like, Oh, I'm going to go see a therapist, talk about it and get this professional help from a tent at a music festival. Like no one is claiming that, but it's just uh, the fact that it's like, Hey, if you want to have this conversation, it's here. If you want to learn, it's here. Uh, provide providing access to have it because it's like five years ago, like I didn't even know what Narcan was and I didn't even know half of anything about any drug ever. And I didn't know a lot about mental health and how to attempt to even take care of myself mentally. And I don't think a lot of people know those things, but when you start to talk about it and maybe not even talk about it, maybe you're just aware that it's around you, you can start to get a little inquisitive and start to figure that out. Because even if you don't struggle with mental health issues or addiction issues or drug use, that doesn't mean that you never will ever in your life. And that also doesn't mean that if you maybe learn a few things about it now, maybe if there's a possibility that later on in your life, there's a fork that leads one way or the other, you are likely to choose a fork that is much better for you because of some previous things that you've learned you maybe wouldn't have learned if that conversation wasn't readily available for you to have. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Thank you very much for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Formal. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, just thank you. Thank you for sharing everything. We're a big uh, advocate for, for mental health and uh, everything on this podcast. So it's nice to know that there's, uh, there's things like that out at festivals and stuff and the website and whatnot that can uh, help anyone who's, uh, who's, who's really struggling. Um, to, to move on slightly, as I mentioned, you uh, you have been working a lot behind the scenes on new music. There's a few singles out now. You have hell of a list of collaborations on those already. What's um? What can you tell us about like the rest of the record and like just the, the that kind of process? So we have <laughs> ever since we released the first single, Dark Bloom. I think it was like July of last year. Every one of our fans have been like. Okay, sick song. When's the fucking record? I'm like, can, can we just enjoy the song? Can we just do the song for yeah, a second? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, um, I guess like COVID supply chain issues and stuff. Um, there's been a huge vinyl shortage to make records. Mm. Adele. Mm. That, apparently, a lot of that is down to Adele. Pop singer really? Adele. I'm not going to name any names, but there are some that are using much more than others yeah over here adele um a load uh loads of bands uh records got shelved because adele decided she wanted to bring an album out on vinyl and all of the vinyl makers had to make her vinyl Nuts. well so here's the thing is like you don't even like we don't make cds anymore the only physical music that anyone makes is vinyl because if you want to listen to it a lot of people have record players almost every vinyl that's made is limited edition so it won't be printed in that variant again it's, you know, a collector's piece. It is the only physical music that's sold. So here's my band. We're going to come out with our first record in fucking five years. We can't release that without physical product. We can't put it out and then a year later be like, oh, yeah, here's some vinyls of that record. We've been... <laughs> I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I don't really care. We've been sitting on a record for over a year. It's been done. We've had it. We can't put it out 
because we are waiting and we'll make some announcements soon, but we were waiting for a supplier to confirm guaranteed we can have your vinyls shipped by this particular date. And we had to wait for that to actually put a whole record out, which is so fucking frustrating Mm. when you're just sitting on it. And here I am sitting on it and I'm like, this is the best shit I've ever done in my fucking life. Like straight up. This is the best thing that I have ever created as a musician. Let me not share it with anyone (laughs) for fucking years. Might as well just keep it to myself and my wife. Why not? Oh, hold on one second. Hey, I'm in the middle of an interview right now. Oh, the old unexpected visit from my stepdad who apparently is on his lunch break at work. Very cool. <laughs> it's rock and roll, isn't it? It's just rock and roll. Very, fine, very but. rock and roll. Um, yeah, I, I know you can't mention too much about it, and I'm sure a lot of people listening are very excited for these announcements. But is there anything from these collection of songs that you can tell us that you are really looking forward um, to people to check out, or like, is there anything particular about about these songs that you're like really, really excited for? Well, lyrically. I, um, for anyone that doesn't know, I write the lyrics for my band, the music too, do a lot of writing. So that's cool. (laughs) Lyrically, it's like probably in my opinion, like the, the best shit that I have written in in a long time. I'm going to turn my dog into a pair of slippers if he keeps barking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You can turn it into multiple beards. If we've learned anything today, we could turn our dog into multiple beards. Yes. Please. But lyrically, it's, it's, I'm incredibly proud of it. The, the entire record, obviously, is about losing Kyle and what we went through. But you can't write 10 songs that are like, I'm fucking sad. My best friend is dead. Uh, next song, I'm really sad because my best friend has passed away. The next song, I am feeling a little angry. Like, you can't do that yeah. shit. Because who the, who wants to listen to that? So it was a challenge in making 10 songs of dealing with the grieving process that aren't saying the exact same thing. We went into this record with, I want to say I showed up with 19 songs to Drew Folk. And we wrote four songs, five songs maybe, while I was there. And there's, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, considerably less than 25 songs on the record. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, say that. That's safe. Nice. Right. That's very Considerably safe. Considerably yeah. less. So it's like we, I, there were a ton of songs and we very carefully picked the ones to make sure that one, we weren't saying the same thing over and over again. Two, we're not playing the same music over and over again. Every song is, is different and gives something to offer. Hopefully, you know, when a fan listens to it, they, well, rather, hopefully they can't relate because I don't want our fans to be dealing and grieving and, uh, you know, that. But I, I think that almost everyone can d- relate to that in some way. And so hopefully it can uh, open up some, I guess, some some pathways for for our for our fans to, I guess, like heal or or help them move forward. Uh, or anything yeah even get them the conversation going if 
Yeah, if they're yeah. not, you know, yeah. if they're not mentally in the right place, maybe the record will help them in some way. Um, that's awesome that you can bring that to people. And yeah, one of the things I wanted to talk about is um, I heard the uh, collaboration with is it Brand of Sacrifice? Yep. Yeah, that was a that was a thing we did. That was a <laughs> yeah. fucking wild thing we did. <laughs> yeah, so, how, like this is the thing. Like I've never known how band collaborate. Like. Like when anytime I've clubbed with another band, it's just me, the vocalist, go over, I'll do some shouting on your record, that's fucking done. How do two bands come together to have a fucking play with a song? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Right. So, so like anyone that knows like me, like my friends and, you know, anyone in bands, like I don't listen to heavy music. Like, you know, I'm, I drove earlier to the gas station and I was playing Taking Back Sunday's second CD that came out when I was in high school. And I, I chose to put that on, you know, like, you know what I mean? So it's like for our band to collaborate and do a deathcore version of a song, I'm like, okay, well, there's no fucking way that I'm contributing to this because I don't fucking know what's going on. So I had a uh, a Zoom call with uh, Leo and Kyle from Brandon Sacrifice. They're like, so what are you looking for? And I was like, literally, like you guys, you guys are sick. Like you can take the song and just do what you want to it. I will tell you if it is too much. Chances are it's not. But like, obviously, like let's change up the drums because it's like a like a very good indicator of uh of what what version of core a song is uh you know are we just metalcore or are we going more towards deathcore like let's figure out how many how many little blasties we can get in here and you know what's going on <laughs> and i was like you know the the guitars it's going to be like kind of hard to change them up because like honestly like i write really simple songs because i'm shit at guitar but like they they sound pretty good so like cool we'll, we'll roll with that so like they spice up the guitars a little bit and then obviously uh kyle just did his thing vocally we we're like yeah just literally do your fucking thing like don't i'm not gonna give you a checklist of what i want you to do i'm just gonna send you some stems and you're gonna do whatever you want to do and they sent back a version one draft and we we're like yep yeah, print it we're fucking good like this is good everything <laughs> is fine um nice you know it's like i think the important part is like we just had a call and we just talked about expectations of of where we want to go like i like also like how like how heavy can we go 
And I'm like, well, obviously like my band is like metalcore and like, you know, played two CDs and like drop D like we're not. (laughs) (laughs) It's so like managing like the expectations of like how heavy they could make it, but giving them the absolute creative freedom to do whatever the fuck they wanted. And yeah. So like 20 minutes on a zoom call, they did their thing. Everything was great. We sent it to Jeff Dunn who uh, works with Drew Falk, who did our last two records and well, one record and one that is going to be coming out and Jeff worked mixing those as well. So like, and he mixes Brian Sacrifice. So very familiar with both their bands and figuring out how to make that sound good. And he fucking crushed it. And that was that really easy. I didn't do, I'm going to be honest. I didn't do shit. <laughs> I, had, I had 20 minutes on a Zoom call. Brand of Sacrifice did 100% oh. of the fucking work. I love the honesty. I love the honesty, though. Yeah. How did it, how did it come about? Like, was it, was it you guys' idea to have a bunch of collaborations where you'd send it off to bands? or So, the, the Brand of Sacrifice collab came about because we had a tour that was going to happen that got canceled. And we were like, well, shit, we got to fucking bust out some content now because in our timeline, we still got a little while until hmm. we release more content, I'll say. <laughs> Obviously, it's another fucking new song. What, what else would it be? We still got a minute until we release another new song. So we got to fill this gap. We were going to fill it with touring. We're not anymore. What can we do? Let's do a reimagined version of a song. Okay, are we going to hire an orchestra? Are we going to do it acoustic? Are we going to do not knocking it? Cause some of the versions are amazing. A similar thing to what pretty much everyone else is doing. Uh, our drummer, David was like, let's do a deathcore version. And we're like, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it kind of like caught us off guard. And we are like, wait, wait a minute. That, that could work. Let's just go the complete fucking opposite direction of reimagined and see what happens. Then it fucking happened. And it was like, it was a quick process. It took, I don't know, maybe like two weeks or something. I wasn't counting. Cause like I said, I didn't fucking do anything for it. <laughs> you know, I talked to the guys and we kept in, you know, close communication about it. But, um, and that's the thing too, is it was so quick because brand of sacrifice are like real musicians. Like I look at my band and like a pocket, our drummer, real musician guy fucking rips. I look at myself, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying, but uh, I don't, am I, am I a real musician? I don't know. Oh. Am I consistently probably the worst guitar player on this tour? I think so. Probably. Because <laughs> these guys are fucking shredding and I'm playing open eight, three, five. You're ripping it on stage. Like, cool. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, well, Josh, we won't keep you too much longer because uh, we know you've got to go off this and play a round of golf. Uh, funny, I do. Funny, I do. enough, um, which is a couple of things as we wind down. Very quickly, you mentioned Taking Back Sunday. Favorite Taking Back Sunday song? Oh, really? Yeah. My, they're my favorite band of all time. So you mentioned them and my brain just goes, ooh, TBS chat. <laughs> okay which is terrible uh, terrible when it comes to being a professional i will journalism. say <laughs> from <laughs> tell all your friends probably great romances or ghost man on third from where you want to be fuck that's hard to i want to make them sure <laughs> yeah well obviously that's yeah, just but... like that's like that's a classic but that isn't that, isn't that on third record 
That is, that is. Yes. Answer. Oh, right. is. Oh, I don't know. Do I? I just fucking. Do. What do I know? I just turn up and ask questions. I'm sorry. I don't know everybody's exact records, guys. I'll just, I'll just go with decade on the influences. Easy pick. Is okay, yeah. cool. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I'll just. That's fair yeah, yeah. I'll take great romances, decade, and then make damn sure easy picture. We'll, nah, we'll, we'll end it at that. That sounds fine. That sounds good. Another question we ask a lot of people on you is Do you remember the first moment that. You were like, oh, we're a real band. Oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Or do you remember the first time, like, you met one of your idols or somebody liked your band that you would never expect to like your band? Yes. First moment, I felt like we were just, like, a real actual band. Warped Tour 2011, hometown show in Detroit. We're playing outside Comerica Park, which is where the, the Tigers play baseball. It was the last year that it was there, which was way cooler than where they put it after that. We're playing a side stage. We are not very big. Uh, we had one CD out, so just had to plan a seat out. And we played a side stage to like probably close to 7,000 people. And Class. like I had my dad side stage and I like look over and he's crying and then I start crying. And then I'm oh, just wow. like, holy shit, I'm, 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 I'm fucking doing it. It was also a, a big deal. I'll, I'll try to touch on this really briefly. Earlier that year, uh, I uh, I took a coma on accident because I had bacterial meningitis and almost died. So, oh wow, you know, all things leading up to that, I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, I'm not dead. Also, yeah. I'm in a real this band. This is pretty good. Also, <laughs> my dad's crying, so I need to cry as well. Yeah, I did Warp Tour once in 2009 with my band. And we did one show, I think it was in San Antonio, and it was the only, because we were doing the Kevin Says stage. Normally, our crowd, because nobody in the, in the US had a fucking clue who we were, like our crowds would range from like 30 people to 200 people. We turned up the one in San Antonio, and there must have been, I don't know, two or 3,000 people standing in front of our stage, and we were like, oh my fucking God, we're really big in San Antonio. This is insane. <laughs> and it, and um, it turned out in Miwa were on after us. Oh, of course. Oh, fucking course. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's because of them. They're definitely not going to like this fucking, yeah, namby-pamby emo shit. Yeah. If I remember, San Antonio, too, was in, like, a dirt fucking lot, and, it like, you couldn't breathe. Like, it was literally in a in a dirt field, and it, it, there's just, like, dust six feet high consistently forever. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. All I can remember thinking was, if we're in San Antonio, was there any chance of Shawn Michaels, the wrestler, turning up? And um, he didn't. He didn't. I was gutted. That's all I knew about San Antonio, and I was gutted when he didn't turn up. What about um? Uh, what about um? Any of your heroes? Have you met any of your heroes? And were they nice to you? So funny story. Uh, when we were like, I'll just call us a local band. We were like booking our own tours on MySpace and shit. I went on eBay and I bought the same guitar that JB from August Burns Red plays because I fucking loved Messengers. It was my fucking jam. The, that was the CD. I, we would play that CD just on fucking repeat for hours. And so I bought a guitar and I was like, I fucking love, love August Burns Red. This is me. This is the best guitar player in the fucking board. Like I'm like hey, 17, 18 years old. I'm like, cool. That's great. We ended up like, touring with august turns around a few times like making friends with them now we're like actual friends with them we're about to be direct support to them like we can run into each other and actual friends i told jb that story once i was like this is really embarrassing 
but like, sorry, I loved you when I was 18. <laughs> well, weirder. Yeah. And I'm 32, but I actually sold that guitar to one of the guitar players of upon a burning body because the guy who sold it to me, uh, didn't tell me that was fucking broken. The net was set wrong. Oh. And so it wouldn't stay in tune and it wouldn't bolt on correctly. And I was like, oh, I got to get rid of this guitar. And at the time, uh, his name was Chris. He was like, oh, I'll, I'll buy it from you. I love that guitar. I was like, no, like this guitar sucks. This is not staying tuned. He's like, no, I'll buy it still. I'll fix it. It's like, I don't. Okay. You know what? Okay. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just get rid of it. Yeah, cool. Play that guitar, yeah. I played that guitar for literally a four and a half. And I was like, oh, wow. Wow. I love, we love, uh, love full circle moments like that. But Josh, honestly, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Really appreciate how open and honest you've been. I'm very sorry that I took the mood down <laughs> drastically when we were laughing about <laughs> we were, random shit. We were shit. having so much fun. We were having <laughs> so then, much fun. And I came in and ruined it all. I thought that's With too your much fun. Journalism. Stop that See, now. That's profe- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, um, it's all good. I, I think I, I think perhaps I took the mood down a little no, bit. No, no, I, I did fine. a little ranty shit sometimes. You know, you ask me a question and it's 10 minutes later and you're like, why is he still fucking talking? <laughs> no, no, no. That's it's all good. That's what we it's, want. Yeah, it's easier to blame me and that's fine. But just before you go, um, is there anything else you would like to mention, plug, let the listeners know? Please, please uh, go ahead. Um, starting in July, we're going to go on tour for like, I don't know, three fucking months. Um, we got some cool announcements coming up, so I'm sure you'll see them on social media, but got a bunch of like actual cool shit. We're about to fucking turn the burners back on and be a band again and, and do a bunch of band stuff, which is, uh, very cool. If you can or want to, I recommend growing a mustache. <laughs> <And> <laughs> shit. shit. I want to, I do want to, I just can't. And, uh, <laughs> other than that. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I'm good. Just uh I I don't know if this is fucking lame to end on, but just like remember remember how much of a priority mental health should be. Yes. I'll, and I'll just leave it at that. Just just try. Even if it if everything is going great, you're like, oh, I don't need to put any effort into this. That's awesome. Just remember that there might be a time coming where you do need to put effort into that and and make sure that uh that you have, you know, hopefully a support system around you that can help you and, and whatever, but just that's it. That's yeah. all I got. Perfect. Well said. Well said. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. This has been great. I'm looking forward to everything coming up with We Came As Romans very soon. Awesome. All right. I'll see you guys later. Lovely stuff. Woo. Yes. Big fan of Joshua. Big fan of We Came As Romans. What a lovely human. Didn't know what to expect. Great time. Yeah, I just loved we had so many laughs and we got to have a really deep conversation in the middle. It was just lovely to meet Josh, a band that have affected so many people, so many friends I have love their music, their lyrics, their songwriting, and Josh is a big, big staple in all of that. So it was nice to have an inside behind everything. We talked about secrets behind new music in the chat. And this week, they have announced that their new album, Dark Bloom, will be released on October the 14th via Sharp Tone Records. They've just put out a new single the last couple of days called Plate, which is very heavy. And I encourage everyone to go and check out their previous single, 
titled Black Hole that features Caleb Shomo of Beta fame, who was recently back on the podcast for a Slam Dunk Festival special just a couple of weeks ago. So go and back and listen to that. And there's no European dates released yet, but for our American friends, uh, We Came As Romans will be touring throughout July 15th to August 27th of a Mad Runner shows with August Burns Red. And then in Oof. September to November in the States, they have another tour supporting Architects. So Glad there's a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of traveling, a lot of shows and a lot of headbanning. For, for Archite- architects they support an architect eh? they are the very architects same. from the uk they are they're going to the states and then we came as romans are supporting them nice architects are supporting biffy clairo now aren't they yeah and a massive arena tour over in the uk such a chess move that is by simon <laughs> neil nice <laughs> nice oh, fantastic we love to see it. And of course, just to mention again, if anyone is struggling with kind of mental health or anything from addiction or have known people who have struggled with those things, please go and check out the Kyle Pavone Foundation, kylepavonefoundation.org online. There's a lot of uh, little tidbits and stuff for there. If you are uh, listening to this in the States and Canada, then the foundation will be popping up with some festivals and stuff over the rest of the summer. And we are actually in talks about doing a mental health episode of our own uh, with a foundation close to our hearts. So keep an eye on at Pod on Twitter and Instagram for everything going on and some updates on the life of Sapnin Podcast at festivals this week. Could be very busy at 2,000 Trees to end very our busy. summer. Yes, very, very, very busy. Very, 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 very busy. Does it end our summer? Have we gone? Have we gone? Um, we might pop down to another festival i guess but this is this is our this is our most busiest period i think that kind of closes that nice thank god for that thank god it's nearly <laughs> finally over what a stress it's been also when this comes out friday i am djing tonight at uh where am i djing oh at the scala f- uh for face down so check that out uh again Check out my band at Raiders Band UK on all the socials. We supported Raptors um, last week in Bristol, and that was a fantastic time. And then I DJed at Fat Lip after, and that was amazing. And it was Mark Andrews's stag do, WWE wrestler, former guest, and member of Junior. It was his stag do, and he came to Fat Lip, and they had like a 24-7 wrestling title where you could just go on to whoever <laughs> had it, challenge them to a game or whatever. No. And then, and then you could become champion. So I saw that Eddie, WWE NXT superstar Eddie Dennis had the title. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just wandered up to him and I whispered into his ear, Eddie, I'm super sorry, but I'm going to have to take that title off you now. And he said, all right, what's the competition? And I said, it's a ball off. We have to get our balls out and whoever's got the biggest one wins. Um, so he said, yeah, go on then. And then I whipped mine out and he went, oh, there you go. And then he just handed me the title without even getting his out. So, um, yeah, so I was Mark Andrews Stagdu champion for about five minutes. And then we played a game called Fives, which I didn't understand. And I apparently lost. So, um, yeah, it was, it's been a, yeah, it's been a good, uh, couple of weekends. So, um, yeah, tonight, face down, Scala, if it's Friday, July the 1st. If it's after July the 1st, you missed it. Check out Raiders Band at 2000 Trees and come and see us do our live podcast at 2000 Trees. Yes, and you can get 10% off your tickets for 2000 Trees by using the promo code SAPNIN 
at 2000treesfestival.co.uk forward slash ticket. That's the promo code SAPNIN for 10% off. And come and see us do those live podcasts. I can't believe you were a wrestling champion over the weekend for five minutes. That's a really cool um, claim to fame. Yeah. Is, I've got a good photo that I posted on my Instagram that I think is probably down by now. But uh, yes, Eddie's face looks genuinely shocked. <laughs> like Teddy Long has turned up and told him he's got to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. It's um, but much, much bigger than The Undertaker. It was my balls. So, oh, there we are. There yeah. we are. Well, if you want even more behind the scenes shenanigans and no end ons of what happens with this podcast and Sean's balls, then please head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin. It's the best way to support this podcast. You get included into a wonderful community of people that we love very, very much. And there's loads of extras on there from bonus podcasts, behind the scenes videos, photos. You get news first. It's a whole thing. And I was very lucky enough this past week to go and see Green Day in London Stadium for the Helen Mega Tour. And I got to meet up with a lot of our patrons, hang out, take some photos and have a lovely time. We'll be doing a meetup at 2000 Trees and we're talking about doing a massive virtual one online on a giant call in the next couple of weeks too. So if you'd like to get involved, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. As always, we want to say a massive thank you to everyone in the group. If you head over to the description of this episode, there is loads of names there that we do thank. Lord Sam, thank you. Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapnin Podcast Patreon community. Yes, thank you very much to these beautiful souls. I am glad you are here with us right now, and I love you all very much. Thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwawe, Janelle Caston, Steve. Why do bees hum? Because they don't know the words vi. Uh, thank you very much, Mitch Berry, Tony Michael, Kelly Irwin, Dilly Grimwood, Natasha Morris, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnova, Jenny Robertson, Murray Grimwood. Scott, what do you call a bee who creates laws? A politician, Jones. Kieran Olmi, who had um, a tattoo that I wrote up this week. That's mental. Hey, guys, don't do that. Thank you very much. Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Tom Owen, Alexandra Pemblidon, Stuart. When do bees get married? When they meet their honey. And then he's written in brackets, honey like Steve Vai makes McNaught. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Kayla O'Sullivan. Caroline Robinson, Chris Howard, M. Evans Roberts, Jacob Edrington, Kate Puttock, TJ Amblishattock, Danny Eaton, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Craig Harris, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Jason Redia, John and Emma, Emily Perry, Kenny Cannon, Kelly Emma Cannon, not Kenny Cannon, Kenny Cannon. Oh, what a great wrestling name, Kenny Cannon. Kalila Keen, Ollie, have you heard the Honey Monster has been demasked? It's some guy called Steve Vai Amesbury. Thank you very much, Adam King of the Goss Pass Law. Thank you very much, Steve. What do bees use to style their hair? Honeycombs vi. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you very much, Alice Wood, Reese Bowring, Kate Stevenson, Kyle Campaign for Steve Vi, Honey, David Smith. And last but no means least, Connor Lewins. Thank you very much to all of those. Morgan, have we got any Steve Vi, Honey? No, we haven't had any Steve Vi, Honey left. I don't I- believe he makes it. I don't believe he fucking <laughs> makes it. Uh, this is this is going to be a thing until the end of time until we get this honey if we ever get this well, honey yeah. he promised it he promised it he did we've got the audio and the video footage of him promising this honey and I'm outraged that it's not a thing yet Steve Vai if you're listening sort it out please but unbelievable but yeah thank you very much to all of those people 
to anybody who's been part of our Patreon, if you're considering it, please do. Because, yeah, it, it helps to keep us going and make this podcast each and every week. Uh, Morgan, is there anything else? No, just make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to these podcasts so you get notifications or it comes up easier. We're going to be releasing a lot of stuff very, very soon. All the fallout from 2000 Trees. Uh, a lot of interviews planned there. It's going to be a really good time. Can't wait. And uh, we'll see you next week and every Friday for more guests, more episodes and more laughs. Yes, I'm going to put that photo of Eddie Dennis being shocked by my um, testicles on the Patreon wall for people to see his face because it's nice. fucking brilliant. But uh, yes, thank you very much. And uh happening? happening? You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.